Hello, all you classless peasants. You're tuned in to the Holy Heathen Podcast, and I'm your host, Ethan the Heathen. Before we get started today, I want to tell you the story about our intro music and the band Karma to Burn. So about nine months ago, I sent them a message directly. Never thought in a million years they would message me back. And then out of the blue on April 6th, uh, I was asking them for permission to use their music for this podcast. They responded back, sure, man, just credit the band wherever you can. Thanks. And... Uh, holy fucking shit, right? I, I'm a huge fan. I've seen them in concert. I think their genre of music fits the fucking motif of this dirty-ass fucking debauchery podcast perfectly. And I thought it was a sign from the goddamn multiverse that I was on the right track, you know? And like, it meant the fucking world to me that they would even give me the, t- the time of day of consideration. So then, right while I'm in the middle of trying to finger fuck my way around a laptop and figure out how to edit music and, and how to even use their music for the podcast. Then I'm in the middle of recording my last episode. Their uh, singer and guitarist passes away. And it was, it was like on the day, I ended up releasing the episode the, the day after, but I just thought that was another weird scenario because if I wouldn't have messaged them back when I did, if I wouldn't have... Uh, put that vibe out into the universe, uh, would they have ever responded? Like, would I ever have gotten permission? Are they ever going to make music again? Um, how big of a blow is that? Because, you know, these guys have known each other for years. And it, it's just one of those things that, that you, you have to kind of chew up and digest. We're all mortals. We're, we're all just little fucking pusses of you know, sacks of blood fucking toting around the body. And it's a, it's a finite, very finite existence. And in this pursuit of knowledge, very little of it will be garnered, right? In the seconds that I draw breath upon this shitty little rock that we continue to habitually pollute every fucking day. Needless to say, these overlying themes, uh, life, death, after Afterlife, reincarnation, what the fuck are we doing with the actual time that we're afforded? Um, Are we on the right track as a species? All these things that come into play just kind of manifested in in a simple Facebook message for me. And a lot of people say, well, you're you're reaching at straws. And I would just say, fuck you and your face, motherfucker. Because this band means a lot to me. Music means a lot to me. And I I think that it it was a sign, or at least that's the way I'm going to perceive these things, these occurrences, these events that happen, and it, and it really just put a boot in my ass to say the things that I'm going to say on this podcast. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope it doesn't land me in prison, but then again, if we're going to fucking die tomorrow, then we might as well raise some fucking hell in the process, right? So I'm going to jump right into this. Today is June 21st, 2021, the year of somebody's fucking Lord, and since the last time I recorded, I've been jerking off, watching a lot of movies on Amazon and Netflix, and and I have found some strange idiosyncrasies within some of the strange films I've been filling my brain with. So here's a list of some of the cool-ass movies I've watched recently. Uh, Storm Over Europe, The Baltic Tribes, Midsummer, The Lords of Salem, The Other Lamb, Lords of Chaos. So uh, as you can imagine, a lot of these are heathen-themed, a lot of uh, pagan-ass shit. Uh, so I'm going to spare you a full synopsis of these <laughs> groovy fucking films. But 
the the takeaway that I garnered from is simple. So there's an overt suppression of man's alignment with the natural order, and this is manifested and unfolding in the castration of male dominant society. So let me unpack this a little bit. When I was watching Rob Zombie's horror film, The Lords of Salem, and they portray naked women, witches, dancing around a fire, worshiping the devil, where that derives from is the Midsummer Festival, the Summer Solstice, all of these gorgeous Norwegian women would dance naked around the campfire, drinking mushroom soup, and this giant fertility festival, because if women were impregnated during July, or you know June-July time frame, then their offspring would pop out in the spring whenever there is like more chance for success uh, for a, of a healthy baby, right? Because you got to think, the winter is fucking awful, and... Places like Germany, Poland, Austria, fucking uh, Norway, Denmark, places like that, right? Like Eastern Europe, winters are hard. So it makes sense in that culture to get pregnant in the summer and you have a festival aligned with the longest day of the year and then your kid is born in springtime. That was never explained to me in school. I derived that from watching these documentaries and, and crazy things and I just happened to watch a couple of these films in the same day and I kept seeing these little parallels, like Satan being the black goat, right? And, and you see this even in metal music, and, and you see it with like even Satanism as like occult worship crazy fucking shit. And I couldn't help but think the Germanic tribes, the Baltic tribes, the Norwegians, they were all goat herders. So it's natural that the alpha of that tribe, the giant black goat with the, you know, the billy goat with the horns, uh, the perversion is that the, the goat is actually Satan himself and he's whispering little nothings in your ear. When in fact that whole culture derived on this flock mentality, right? Like there is one leader and their survival uh, depends on the healthiness of their group. And I've never claimed to be anything other than batshit fucking crazy, but all I can do is articulate the way that my brain works, even whenever I'm sitting on my couch being a fat ass, just trying to enjoy a night of peace. I'm, I'm seeing these little idiosyncrasies that are pertinent to the modern era. And what I mean by that is, if you, if you watch the movie like Sea Spiracy, and they're talking about great white sharks being fucking caught in fishing nets, you know, that like you're, you're buying a can of tuna at the grocery store and uh, that fishing net that caught that tuna has actually killed like 50,000 sharks and because they're the fucking alphas in the food chains, uh, all the fish that the sharks eat are now overpopulated and then that fucks up the whole thing and next thing you know, the phytoplankton's not making f enough fucking oxygen for us to fucking breathe, which we don't seem to care about because we're covering our fucking faces with moldy ass rags right now because we're scared of the fucking flu. And... If we just left the fucking great white shark alone, instead of fucking fishing off for all the fucking tuna, then the alphas would have been the alphas, and the harmonious fucking sanctity of nature would, would still be working the way it was designed to work, right? Like, I don't know if you believe in the grand architect, or if you just believe in Darwinian principles, but we should have learned our fucking lesson with Yellowstone and the fucking wolves, Right? 
there are things at the top of the fucking food chain. And whenever it's us, it seems like it just keeps getting fucked, even more fucked, to the point where we are going to be the thing that eradicates ourselves in the most true Greek tragedy fashion imaginable. And that is precisely why guys like Elon Musk are trying to get the fuck out of here, because he has a head on his shoulders and he thinks the only way is to just go start over somewhere else. Which, if you believe at all in ancient alien theory or any of that craziness, um, we were probably seated here in the first place, and every religion seems to say that we were created. Um, so maybe this is, <laughs> maybe we're the parasite. It really is mind-numbing to think that we're so far removed from the natural order of things that we need fucking safety pins and safe spaces and we need to fucking cancel culture goddamn comedians because we're afraid of getting our fucking feelings hurt. Meanwhile, when you're at the goddamn grocery store buying a pack of mercury-filled fucking tuna, you have no fucking concept because you're so far removed from the natural order. You don't have any feeling or remorse for the 50,000 fucking sharks you just fucking murdered for that shitty little can of fucking gross shit. So, but whenever I, whenever I go on these little tangents, people are like, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Well, uh, first of all, like my shopping habits, um, I stay the peripheral of the fucking grocery store. I don't eat anything in a fucking box or can because World War Three hasn't happened yet. Like, that's cool if you're a fucking prepper and you want to live for 10,000 years after fucking shit goes to hell, I just I just want to be in the first fucking group to go because I, I think it's fucking pointless at this point anyways to, to keep meandering in this fucking shitty existence. But when it comes to actually eating real food, uh, yeah, like hit the fucking vegetables, even though they're laced in fucking World War II era pesticides, uh, hit some sort of like actual meat or cheese, maybe get some coffee creamer, and then get the fuck out of there, because everything else is just laced with fucking additives and preservatives that literally fatten you up like the expatriatory fucking heifer, and you don't even realize that, that you're what's on the fucking menu, right? Like, um, and, and the point of this podcast is, you know, free will and free choice and democracy are things that we like to tout, but it seems more and more every day, the only fucking choice you have is... Democrat, Republican, Walmart or Amazon, Facebook or Twitter, right? Pepsi or Coke. Um, crony capitalism has picked the world up and fucked it like a little bitch. And no one feels any sort of fucking remorse or any sort of responsibility to even try to do a goddamn thing about it. Like the BP oil spill in the Gulf. Right, they put out some feel-good commercials, um, did a little bit of a campaign, and then it's like, oh, yep, clean slate, you know. Who, who, like, who really cares about uh, the fishermen down there? Like, it, it decimated them, right? Same thing with the COVID. Who gives a fuck about the 95 million Americans, small business owners that work their entire fucking lives to open up a little fucking spaghetti restaurant? Nah, I mean, that shit's never coming back, but. Target and fucking Lowe's got their money, right? I mean, it's their fault anyways for, for wanting to be an entrepreneur. Like, they should have diversified. You know, it's, just, it's just incredible how, um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, and 
you know, I draw my own opinions, but I also challenge my beliefs by listening to podcasts of people that I don't even fucking like, which you've heard in other seasons of this show. But something that I've seen uh, as a trend is in this counterculture. Um, like this one guy, he was a New York uh, seller's best selling author for like six months straight off the charts. Apple scoops him up. He's working for Apple for like three months. And then two or three people complain about him who he never meets. And then they can his ass because of like one little line and an awesome fucking book apparently. And then of course, as many of you know, I'm a fucking devout Jordan Peterson follower and I'll, I'll never be as smart as that motherfucker. But um, he gets people on his podcast that have also been canceled in this culture. And uh, one of the last ones I just heard this week was this little Lebanese girl who moved to Canada for, you know, I would say like air quotes, American dream, but uh, her family immigrated. She worked her way up through the school system. She's a fucking PhD. She has scholarly works and they canceled her because of the little blog that she does mostly on like Lebanese politics, where she's from. And she even has a pen name for that. And uh, again, nameless, faceless people go and complain and then she gets the axe and one of the reasons why I feel this pull or draw from the fucking ethos is I don't want to fucking work for Apple and apparently I don't want to be a fucking Marxist goddamn higher education motherfucker either because if Kevin Hart can get canceled from the Grammys for a fucking tweet then I would rather shovel my own fucking shit in a goddamn ditch, right? If that, if that makes me the fucking villain for using profanity and thinking for my goddamn self, then you've got another thing coming because I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep getting louder and I'm just going to keep growing. And if I, if I got to be the fucking storm, the tsunami that fucking cleanses and purges the fucking earth, because it's like there's, there's nothing you're going to fucking do to me, motherfucker. I've already lived through it, Right? I, I shouldn't even fucking exist anyways. I'm a, I'm a goddamn anomaly. Um, but but that's besides the point. The, the, the point is, are you going to live like a fucking sheeple, a fucking slacktivist? Are you going to hide behind your keyboard following the fucking community goddamn guidelines when the people that write those motherfuckers take money from dictators who literally fucking cut people's heads off, right? Like... Uh, I don't have every single uh, source in front of me. Like while I'm while I'm posting this, this is a little bit of a rant. But I wish I would have kept that fucking news article from a couple years ago when Facebook got caught taking a Central American dictator's fucking money. And the only propaganda, the only fucking ad on Facebook was from a fucking dictator who beheads people. And guess what? You guys think it's totally fucking acceptable for Facebook to ban? Uh, the former leader of the only, you know, the freest uh, country in the world because he didn't follow the guidelines. And I, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't like Trump. I'm not defending Trump. I think he was a fucking colossal piece of shit who draft dodged the fucking Vietnam War and bankrupted four companies and didn't play his, he didn't pay his fucking employees and the lawsuits are evidence of that. But, like, the way that this works, the way that we get to the truth is the peer review, right? Like, if it holds water, it holds up to scrutiny. And I'm so sick of fucking propaganda 
than people not speaking the fucking truth, not speaking their mind, silencing their fucking tongues because they're worried that they might lose their pathetic fucking nine to five job. And, and you know what? Like, like, like more, more to you, just like the COVID scenario. If you want to stay home, go ahead. I'll work two fucking jobs. I'll work enough for both of you, motherfucker. Um, but so it's kind of the same scenario. Like me and mine are going to do okay. Cause I am that fucking wolf in Yellowstone. I am the fucking great white shark. I am the fucking storm. I don't fucking need anyone's permission. Which, which brings me to this fake fucking news. You guys have been wondering what I've been doing all this time. I've been reading and doing actual research. So here's the heathen's fucking take on the news. Go to the local fucking newsstand. Don't open up your goddamn phone or tablet. Go to the local newsstand. Buy something that's in fucking print. Get a fucking local newspaper. Take that newspaper, rip off the fucking front page, rip off the back page, and throw the fucking sports section right in the fucking trash. And on page eight or nine, you'll actually get to what the fuck is actually going on in wherever it is you live. I don't care if it's fucking Denmark or fucking France, but uh, at least ways in, in America, this is how it works. On page eight or nine, the fucking felons that ruin this fucking country let you know what felonies they're committing for the week. So let me just, I got a whole stack of fucking papers here. So let me just give you the little play-by-play -play for the last month and a half or so. We have the illustrious Johnson & Johnson, uh, who have been killing babies and newborn mothers uh, with their talcum powder uh, that is laced with asbestos. And it's cheaper for the gargantuan fucking corrupt company uh, who is who whose sole like purpose like the the main thing that they fucking sell is baby products. It's just cheaper for them to pay two billion in the talc verdict um, than actually just fix their shit, which which they said that they fixed a long time ago. These lawsuits have surmounted since 1975, and they're still putting fucking asbestos in their baby powder. So all of you that went and got the jab. Congratulations, you're the guinea pig. Because they monitored, this is fact, go fact check me, motherfucker. I dug through peer-reviewed journals, medical journals. I'm not a medical expert, but I can read and write. And they only monitored the jab for 28 days after each injection. So less than 90 days total. So your fertility rates, they don't know anything about whether it causes cancer, they don't know anything about. They do know it'll give you Bell's palsy, so enjoy your droopy face, motherfucker. Um, like, like I've said before, is like from a zero to a 10, it could, it could be like uh, zero, just the placebo that you shit out, right? It's, it's, it's proteins that your body doesn't even absorb. Or 10, it's gene editing fucking CRISPR uh, mass-produced by the Chinese to fucking turn us soft uh, so, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle uh, of, of that little spectrum. Uh, I hope it helps, and I'm not anti-science. Um, but whenever the exact company, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States, just said that Johnson & Johnson has to pay $2 billion to 22 gals that they gave ovarian cancer to, um, and it, and it was $4 billion, right? <laughs> so, like, when you read stuff like that, it makes me hesitant to go get in line and get a fucking shot when there has been more questions than answers through all of this. 
at the exact same time, Fauci is a fucking lying piece of shit. It, it's his emails are were leaked, right? And he's under a congressional hearing. And even a prestigious university sent him a bunch of data at the beginning of 2019, and his rebuttal was the email was too long to read, right? It's like, isn't that your fucking job, slick? So, you know, there, there's no such thing as uh, true justice, but if, if, that mother, if there were, that motherfucker would try for crimes against humanity because he knowingly lied under oath, and he took, you know, he is financially tied to the Wuhan fucking lab where this all originated, so... There's that. There's there's Johnson and Johnson paying some bribe money to some people that they murdered. But uh, anyways, the the news article says Johnson and Johnson asked the court to avoid the two billion tax verdict, and then that was on June first, and then June second, justices reject the J and J appeal. That, those are the two headlines there. Just wanted to catch you guys up on that. Um, which since I was just talking about coronavirus. Uh, there's million-dollar lotteries. There's free beer incentives. There's fucking donuts. You can go to the Super Bowl. I mean, if anyone's ever seen that show, Mad Men, uh, Don Draper would be fucking jerking his little cock off over how awesome of an ad campaign this is, right? I mean, how could it get any sweeter of a deal for all of us fucking peasants that don't know any better? Even CVS launched a sweepstakes with prizes including free cruises, Super Bowl tickets, Major League Baseball will also host vaccination clinics at the ticket booth. That's amazing. Kroger, you know, the grocery store we all get our groceries from, they're giving away a million dollars to vaccinated persons. And uh, it's the true irony in this fucking crapshoot is your tax dollars went to those mega pharmaceutical corporations that you know, back in the 2013s and 14s, we're, we're pumping our society full of fucking pills, uh, barbiturates, to get us all fucking drugged out. Well, now they're uh, giving us uh, free vaccinations, which weren't free because they didn't do any research. So there's no research and development, which is the major cost of why they say your drugs cost so much. Not that they're just marked up 300% because they can. Um, but then on top of that, they're giving you all these incentives, which, again, have to be coming out of your tax dollars, or they'll probably be trickled down to the customer of CVS and Kroger and stuff like that. So don't bitch when your milk is 5 and $6 a gallon when you go to the grocery store because you're the one that paid for it for your safety. And uh, that's, that's another reason why I say that this entire thing is the Democrats' 9-11 because just like 9-11, under the guise of fear, we had terrible fucking policy like the Patriot Act, Citizens United, No Child Left Behind, all pushed through under our sniveling little noses because we were listening to Toby Keith sing country songs. And now uh, this is going to drag out and play out. And, and you see that with the COVID passports and all that stuff. And just like uh, Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell saying, you don't want the proof to be a mushroom cloud. Now we're hearing, um, well, there could be variants. We don't know about the third strand. What if there's a fourth one this summer? Uh, remember that they were saying uh, the Spanish flu. Uh, peop we opened up too quickly, and then there were even more deaths. Yeah, well, uh, are you, you're, I'm sorry. I, I, hate to, I hate to keep bringing up COVID 
and uh, and get on a tangent, but it is um, it is interceded its little tentacles into every single aspect of your modern daily life, and you can't evade it because of this multi-billion-dollar propaganda campaign being rammed down your fucking throats, right? Just rammed and rammed and rammed and fuck. I mean, you're getting fucked so fucking hard by COVID. It's like a big old fucking lengthy cock. You just, like, even if you ostrich, put your head in the sand and just go on about your daily business, you'll still hear other people having conversations. You'll still see it in the media clips. And, and on the, even if you go to the gym to work out, you'll see it um, on the screens because people are paying money like Don Draper, to get you talking about it and thinking about it and let that fear kill you. Uh, it's ingenious. They're making billions. If you look at like Pfizer's quarterly returns, they are making billions off of the anarchy. But it's, it's costing the common man. And th- this is just like the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, right? Or um, kind of reminds me of like, Lenin, Trotsky, and stuff like that, because there are times when people say enough is enough, and we're not there yet, historically speaking, like inflation isn't enough yet, but just like uh, in previous podcasts when I brought up Hitler, if you went to your local grocery store and a loaf of bread was a a thousand fucking dollars, Hitler might sound like he's got some good fucking ideas, and that's how crazy he gets elected in the first place, right? Like, it took that son of a bitch 10 years to get where he was, a couple failed coups and a short prison sentence to start his book tour, but that's how that happens. And modern fucking philosophers are like, oh, I don't even know how that would occur. Well, just remember, when we're talking about real fucking crazy... That President Obama, who who I love and admire, but him and Biden and Hillary dropped more warheads on foreheads than fucking anthrax, right? Like, they've killed more motherfuckers than anybody I know, uh, at least in my lifetime, and, and those are the good guys, <laughs> right? Like, we've been at war an entire person's lifetime, and they were in the fucking room watching live Osama bin Laden get a couple bullets in the fucking face. So just remember, like, these are the people that we're fucking dealing with. Um, and, and I hope that some of this, and it might sound like I'm erratic and everywhere, but it's not erratic and everywhere when, when you realize that these news articles are happening on the same pages. So we're talking about the free beer and the COVID jab on one page, and then you flip the next page and, um, Oh, look here. U.S. to spend $3.2 billion on treatments for COVID-19 and other viruses. So uh, I'm going to read a little bit. Quote, the United States is devoting $3.2 billion to speed development of antiviral pills to treat COVID-19 and other dangerous viruses. So the jab's not enough. We're worried about those other variants, just what I was telling you. And then now we're, gonna, we're just going to take pills for it. So like any true good pharmaceutical company would, would want you to do. And then a little bit down here further, uh, quote, under President Donald Trump, the U.S. poured more than $19 billion into rapidly developing multiple vaccines, but less than half that amount went toward developing new treatments. So, uh, end quote. So they're saying we're going to use this $3.2 billion to 
to make the pill version, which seems like a colossal waste of fucking money when... You know, all I can say is God bless Ian Smith out there with his glorious fucking Viking beard yelling at governors. Um, now that guy just doesn't give a fuck, you know? Like, now he's an angry little motherfucker, but... Oh, he's not little. He's actually huge. He's like fucking Thor. But um, he's been right since day one, right? Like, they closed his gym down. He said, fuck you, you're a tyrant. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll never live up to the hype of that guy, but... Um, that's how I'm definitely feeling these days. It's like the facts are unsurmountable and we can't be loud enough to get over top of their fucking $3.2 billion campaign. It, I mean, it's just, it's nuts. Like when there's a $1.6 million lottery in, in my state, which I'm super curious, like where the fuck that money came from. Um, like how, how is that even possible? Like, if most of these states in our union are doing terrible jobs with their fucking budgets, right, including the U.S. Congress, but let's just talk about state, local politics. If they're doing an egregious fucking attempt at balancing a fucking budget, where are they getting millions of dollars to just give away to, to the one lucky vaccinated fuck that got in line? Uh, it's, it's just like, if that isn't a red flag, I don't know what the fuck is. Because if people are losing their jobs... And a lot of jobs aren't coming back due to automation and awesome technology, right? Like, we all fucking bow down to the the mighty artificial intelligence. Um, if we go into the goddamn gas station and you just push the little screen and your little latte comes out and you pay for it there and uh, you pump your own gas, like, what blue-collar jobs are there going to be left? And then on top of that, a lot of these news articles I'm reading are saying that, like, your utilities are about to go up. And I think Texas is a prime example of that. They had a winter for maybe the first time fucking ever. All of a sudden, they didn't have power. Now it's summer, and it's ultra fucking hot. None of them have air conditioning. And, um, like, they're, they're, they're going through a rough patch, and utility rates are skyrocketing because of the company's own ineptness. And it was nothing to do with the fucking consumer. But it's always the consumer that floats the bill. So that's why I bring up that bourgeoisie versus proletariat it's like some blue collar motherfuckers are going to start getting angry and if texas is the guinea pig case study for what's going to happen to the rest of us this summer i would say it's going to be a very strange independence day and that's what i'm getting at is these newspapers are saying hey stuff is about to happen and no one seems to fucking care like like we're we're talking about 30 cent differences at the gas pump um, but it's about to get a lot worse. And, and the true dichotomy of this whole relationship is if you say anything out of line, then they give you the ax from your 40-hour-a-week job that you've been telecommuting to anyways, and you have a mortgage, you have student loans, you have you know crippling fucking debt, and maybe you splurged and bought that nice BMW that's worth way more than you paid for, or worth a lot less than you paid for, and you're fucked, like... You can't survive without your shitty little 40-hour-a-week job. So, of course, you're not going to fucking say anything. That's why it takes guys like Ian Smith to just get fucking angry. Because he's an entrepreneur, right? And, like, that gym was his life, and he wasn't going to see it fail. So he fought for it, and he had skin in the fucking game. But I digress. Um, some seek investigation into COVID-19. That was a headline. That was from June 18th. Um... 
the the point I'm trying to make by bringing this up is this article saying, well, don't get your hopes up because bipartisanship, right? We we tried a to look into the insurrection of the Capitol on January 6th, but it was blocked by partisanship politics. And it, it's always about politics. And one of these days, when we're all starving to death due to our fucking Marxist ways, we're going to look at each other, and, and Democrat or Republicans is not going to matter. And we're going to be like, oh, fuck. Uh, there's more of us than, than there are them. Uh, maybe it's time the fucking proletariat stand up to the bourgeoisie. But... The, the point I'm trying to make is they give kudos in this news article to the 2002-9-11 commission because uh, they, let's see here, they made like a 500-page, 567-page report in July of 2004 that gave us great insights. And many of the suggestions were implemented, including greater intelligence sharing between agencies. So I bring up that little sentence to say, how this is all interconnected, the the fucking web we weave. The big takeaway from 9-11 was the CIA had some information, the FBI had some information, they weren't talking to each other. Two planes hit the fucking World Trade Center, people have argued whether or not that was a conspiracy ever since, and now we have more black budget projects and people that stare at you on screens without your knowledge and uh, and now that's been turned and redirected away from uh, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, people that fly planes into buildings, which that's the definition of a terrorist, not the Catch-22 version that they're using to apply to everything. But like the old adage goes, those with hammers see nails everywhere. So the CIA and FBI and, and all the other three-letter agencies, they all circle jerk each other off in the Pentagon now and they and they share their trade secrets and that was what was a good thing remember this was a good thing that came out of that uh congressional uh inquiry from 2002 so that leads us to um as you know we've had fucking cyber attacks um uh, pipelines and shut down all sorts of shit i think that instead of fighting like white extremism that's what uh, we should be using our resources to, is actually fighting back against Putin. But, um, yeah, anyways, Biden pledges aggressive response to pipeline cyber attacks. He pledges a aggressive response, but, like, we don't ever actually see the outcomes. I think that's just more political banter. But um, I, I, I highlighted, because I think this is just so fucking hilarious, we do, like, quote, we do not believe the Russian government was involved in this attack, but we do have strong reason to believe that the criminals who did the attack are living in Russia, end quote. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it's laughable, right? <laughs> because, like, um, I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, and I'll get this to a minute, but Putin was in the KGB, self-proclaimed. He was around when the Berlin Wall fell. The Cold War's not over for that motherfucker. And they do whatever they can, including... Um, push these uh, race relations in America for more upheaval and more civil unrest. And they've done that since Eisenhower. And the stories always remain the same. But instead of actually, uh, instead of a real national interest, like protecting our fucking infrastructure, which you haven't heard anything about the infrastructure bill in a couple of days, 
um, we're looking for white extremists. So th this is the real point here. This is what I've been leading up to this whole time. So because of January 6th, which I think is a misapplication of the word terrorist, which is why they're using the word insurrectionist, right? Or I might as well say usurper, but I got a bunch of articles here that say U.S. to ramp up tracking of social media extremism. So that's what I was telling you. There's um, three-letter identifiers. There's, there's too many of them to fucking count at this point. But, quote, the Department of Homeland Security plans to ramp up social media tracking as part of the enhanced focus on domestic violent extremism, end quote. It's really, or here, quote, it's really important that people understand that it is this administration, we do not view the mission of Homeland Security to police thought, end quote. That was from John Cohen. Uh, so what he's referencing, these, what he's speaking toward is there was a Supreme Court case for uh, civil rights activists, and I think that was the Carver Supreme Court case. He was saying... Um, Listen, you, you, can, you can have your free thought, uh, it, but we're going to protect against acts of violence. So if you're, like, plotting to do something, we're going to catch you kind of a thing. And um, also says Cohen previously worked for the Department of Homeland Security under President George W. Bush and Barack Obama. So the department would not tap private companies to collect intelligence that it would otherwise be barred from collecting. We cannot hire them to do things that we can't do under our own authority, he said. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because they've been caught in recent years um, soliciting companies, and Apple has done a good job of like telling them, no, if we give you data, we're going to have to give it to everyone else. But then there was, a, I think it was the Carver Supreme Court case, where uh, Supreme Court said it's hard to put a constitutional like lens on this because you know, there's no way the framers would have imagined we'd be talking about these cybersecurity threats. And they were saying, but we got to give our uh, justice system a means, right, like to catch criminals, and we can't just let people get away with uh, anarchy on the Internet. So they're saying, like, uh, just just like all the other Supreme Court cases I was telling you about, there's like a, there's like a lens or like a focus, like a, a strict scrutiny that they apply Basically, uh, <clears throat> Cowan in uh, one of these other news articles says, uh, they basically say that like the Carver case doesn't apply to them because now they are buying data on the open market via your tax dollars. And um, whenever they get all that data... Some of it just so happens to be American data, and like that's okay because they were buying it in bulk from from third party companies, and, and I think of people like Snapchat, TikTok, stuff like that. So um, here's another news article: Biden signs bill to counter spike in hate crime. The new law will expedite Justice Department's reviews of the hate crimes. By putting the official in charge of the effort, federal grants will be available to help local law enforcement agencies improve their investigation, identification, and reporting of <clears throat> bias-driven incidents. Oh, bias-driven incidents, which often go un underreported. So this reminds me of 
the traffic cameras that you heard me uh, get very angry about because they're using facial recognition software, they're tracking my cell phone, they're seeing every tweet and every Snapchat that people think goes away. And <clears throat> how you know this is true is if you just get on Google and you Google what a fusion center is, um, these company or these uh, three-letter agencies are like proud to tell you all the stuff that they're doing for you. And the point of a fusion center is to essentially look for things like a giant flood or an outbreak or something like that, like something to help the community. And, and they do that by tracking social media and stuff like that. But if you go on like the CIA's .gov's website, they tell you straight up that like CIA operatives deploy, what well, air quote, uh, that makes me laugh so fucking hard because you, you deploy to Iraq, motherfucker, right? Like, you don't deploy to Mobile, Alabama to, to look at my fucking tweets. Um, but, look, I just typed it in my computer. A fusion center is a collaborative effort between law enforcement agencies to share resources, expertise, and information in order to detect criminal and terrorist activity. The goal is to integrate the information each agency has together to prevent security gaps. So, like, thank you again, 9-11. Um, but I, I think it's so strange that there were, like, a week of these little articles popping up in the newspaper, and it's like, Biden's looking for extremism. Biden's looking for extremism. And he, he signs this to give more money toward that. And, um, and then all of a sudden, uh, let's see here, June 1st, a uh, man accused of plotting Walmart shooting arrested in Texas. And I was like, yes, we got one of them Nazis, you know, like, fuck yeah, America, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, and that's what I was talking about. They, they tell you what felonies they're committing in plain sight. So I'm not advocating for this piece of shit. I don't even know who uh, Coleman Thomas Blevins is, but, and I've, tried to look for more information on this and they don't release it to you, but he was talking about shooting up a Walmart in some sort of social media something. So I don't, I don't know if that was a Facebook. I don't know if that was the dark web. I don't know. He was probably on a watch list. Again, he's a piece of shit and he has prior convictions. Uh, what I thought was skeezy about the article was I posted all these pictures of the guy's, like, memorabilia and stuff. So he, and I didn't know what half the shit was. I ended up going to, like, Reddit, and some anthropologist posted, like, the actual things, and then I, like, individually fact-checked that by, like, like, one was, like, the Saudi flag. And I'm like, okay, like, that kind of looks familiar. And I'm like, okay, and then you say, type in Saudi flag, there's a picture of it. Okay, that's what that guy had in his apartment. Well, he had a... a a Russian Orthodox like infantry soldier flag. It was it was very strange looking. He had a Saudi flag. He had a Confederate flag. He had a couple um, books. I think about like the Spanish Civil War, some other stuff, and uh, a lot of it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And that's what this anthropologist on Reddit was saying was was basically like who who knows what this guy actually believed. And the only point that I'm trying to make by bringing all this up is it's not illegal to fucking own books. And, and, and 
you can fucking research and read anything you fucking want to. Uh, apparently, just don't go shooting your mouth off on Snapchat that you're going to shoot up at Walmart. Um, he did have priors. He did have a couple of firearms. What I am really uh, surprised by is one of his, uh, his long rifle. It, it didn't even look like anything special, but I'm surprised the left didn't run with that about assault rifles or something. But, um, yeah, he just kind of popped up and came and went. Uh, they did get a warrant to look at his place because of the stuff he was saying on the Internet. And then uh, because he had firearms with, with prior convictions, that's what they actually got him on. So, you know, justice was served. I, the, the real question that I have is... Um, was this just like a pawn to say your tax dollars were being used effectively? We finally got one. We prevented a mass shooting from happening. Or is this turning into uh, like the witch hunt? Like, are we going to seek out extremism anywhere it rears up its head? And if so, uh, I should be careful because... Some of the things I say seem pretty extreme. Well, one, this is my intellectual motherfucking property, cocksucker. And then two, um, if little Wayne and Yeezy could talk about picking the world up and dropping on its fucking head, then so can I, is how I feel. Fucking original gangster fucking shit. Um, this is art, and I am fucking painting a masterpiece here. So, the only saving grace... And all this political jargon is uh, the For the People Act, right? You've probably seen some commercials and some campaigning for it. Uh, the For the People Act, H.R. 1 and S. 1, I haven't actually got to read those policies yet. But um, this is what I'm leery about. I think it's a breadcrumb being thrown at uh, all of us peasants who, who aren't as woke as we think we are. Um, I do think ending Citizens United would be a good first um, like gesture of faith that we should we should get back on the right track. What we currently live in is not a democracy. Uh, you could you could say that it's a pseudo democracy laundered through corrupt money, and, and what I mean by that is. If you work for ExxonMobil, like if you're an engineer at ExxonMobil, I'm sure that you get told like quarterly that you're going to be the one that designs the new thing that gets us away from fossil fuels. And this is all the ways that ExxonMobil is helping out with the world economy and, and the pollution. And then ExxonMobil hires a bunch of lobbyists. Then they donate to a bunch of super PACs. And then that's why this news article is now saying that the average... Uh, Senate race cost fifteen point seven million, and President Obama spent like four times more than any of his predecessors' campaign. I remember like uh, change and hope and the bedazzled fucking T-shirts. And again, I'm a Obama fan. I think he was articulate and young, and the closest thing to John F. Kennedy will ever ever get. But it's exceedingly fucking expensive. And the problem with this policy that I have is, I think just like typical fucking Congress, they're jam-packing it full of pork and a bunch of shit that isn't going to allow it to pass. So if they would have just 
come straight out and say we're going to end Citizens United, uh, that would be awesome. I would say that's the Supreme Court's job, but they're the ones that created Citizens United, and right now the Supreme Court is conservative as fuck, so you have rainy chance in hell, right? Um, in this policy, and what this news article is saying is it's going to end dominance of big money in politics, clean and fair elections, and ensuring that public servants work for the public interest. That That's part of the uh, corporations of people too shit that I'm talking about. It says it's going to end partisan gerrymandering. This is where I think the hiccup is going to come because I've just read you several other news articles where they don't even think they can get a congressional hearing to look into the origins of COVID because of bipartisanship. So anytime you say the word gerrymandering, it has these uh, racist as fuck connotations to it. Uh, basically, you think of the Dixie Democrat of the South gerrymandering the constitutional or congressional districts to gain their power. However, I would say that in true real politique, um, it's it's the adverse effect today because we have a Democratic House, Senate, and Executive. Um, I, I am not a pollster. I haven't looked into the congressional districts of fucking... Milwaukee, right? <laughs> uh, um, but it, it, again, just like more red flags and, and more just like common sense. Uh, how could that not be true today? Looking at the outcomes of some of the previous elections, uh, gerrymandering's real. It's just not the Dixie Democrat racial shit of the of the South that that it was in the in pre sixties. So I think that's going to be the snag and the hang up. Like if I was going to bet money on it. I would say that the For the People Act is going to get some like news traction. We're going to talk about it for a few months, and then um, it'll probably be like filibustered, and then you know, everyone, Satan, fucking Mitch McConnell will probably be the bad guy again. And, um, and then the president will have another reason to uh, get rid of the filibuster, and then he can shove his infrastructure bill for, uh, through. So you know, it's just funny um, looking at, all the pieces. This is one little excerpt of space and time and trying to kind of put all of these crazy fucking themes. Like, what does For the People Act have to do with that asshole in Texas talking about shooting up a Walmart? And it has everything to do. They are absolutely intertwined in what is not only getting all of the airtime currently, but where our priorities are as a nation and what our tax dollars are going to. Um, everyone's always talking about the the deficit, and it was the infamous Dick Cheney who, you know, was like a CEO of fucking Halliburton who got us into the last goddamn war um, by going into the CIA's office and telling them that they better find him some fucking proof to go into Iraq when you take that history in mind, he was the one that said it doesn't matter how much fucking money you print because he clearly had ties to a big military contractor, which the left is always talking about the industrial military complex, but then the right's always talking about the fucking welfare queens and the fucking social welfare programs. And if you look at just both those things, that's like 
I'm sure that'd be like 50% of the fucking national budget, right? So, and it's like a fucking pot saying, hi, pot, I'm kettle. Like, they're both just as egregious, and it takes someone to step back and look at both to see that this is what's happening. So, just like the Dick Cheney and the Halliburton, now we've got the COVID, coronavirus, we need all of these fucking safety measures and safety pins and safe spaces and social distancing and heaven forbid a fucking original thought and we're going to spend billions of your dollars that you're not making anymore because you're not even fucking working and we're just going to keep Dick Cheney fucking printing as much money as we can into an even larger deficit until our country's on the fucking risk of bankruptcy. So all those things are completely fucking pertinent from... Uh, the war on terror to the new war on extremism and excuse the motherfucker out of me, but I'm the guy that feels fucking threatened. Like, like, did you just threaten me? Cause, cause that's what I feel like when I read these news articles. It's like, I'm just a guy out here trying to fucking make a living, raise a family. I got a fucking kid on the way. I'm a happy little son of a bitch until I pick up the newspaper and see what the fucking cowards wearing suit and ties are doing to this country. And I realize that my frame of mind is skewed. I realize that I have my own uh, failings. Uh, I have predispositions. I have, I have confirmation bias. Um, even even if like you would label me as just like a pure anarchist, I, I'm to the point now where um, uh, I'm just kind of thinking like, if we wouldn't have strayed so far off from the Constitution, like if people actually still believed in it, then like we would be in ship shape, you know, it'd be fucking, uh, things would be running smoothly. But we've allowed the policies of, you know, the, I want to say the Bill Clintons, you know, because he was the one that got us in bed with China economically. But, um, I really trace it back to the end of World War II. You had Stalin, Churchill, and Roosevelt setting up on a stage. And the world has never looked the same since. And I'm going to close with the last news article here. Well, a couple of last news articles. So, justices consider hearing the case of most offensive word. So... The Supreme Court itself has yet to squarely address the issue. The justices have said that the mere utterance of an ethnic or racial, racial epithet, but I, I can't even say that word, uh, doesn't allow the person to sue under the Civil Rights Act. So people are pressuring a conservative Supreme Court to take up hate, hate speech. And hopefully it, they never... Um, as of currently, the utterance of a word does not make it a crime. But in other countries, they have passed laws on hate speech. So, uh, in 2019, as the judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals, the 7th District, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, wrote an opinion for the panel. Three judges unanimously ruled a black man who sued over alleged discrimination. All right, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Uh the guy, nigger, was written in a um, elevator. He worked in a hospital. He had to see it every day. After he was fired from the hospital, probably due to his work performance, I, I'm just, I don't know why. They didn't say why he was fucking uh, fired. But then he tried to sue the hospital for the racial slur. So um, 
the court ruled, quote, simply by proving that the word was uttered, um, he also must prove that the use of the word alt altered the conditions of his employment and created a hostile or abusive work environment, end quote. So that, and then uh, Barrett's colleague, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, which uh, that name is definitely very familiar, and that's something I try to bring up on this podcast, is a lot of these people's names just keep reappearing, reappearing like Mueller, his names kept pulling up during the events of 9-11, and then as you saw in the Trump presidency, it was the Mueller report, and I've read about him in several books, and then like, you know, obviously Justice Brett Kavanaugh, his name keeps popping up in some of this stuff, which as it should, they are uh, public servants, that is their job, but it's it's hard to piece it together, you know, a person's single career until you read their biography. It, it'd be it'd be very difficult to see exactly where this person stands. But um, as of now, hate speech is not illegal. But the fact that it, it is popping up and being discussed. Um, and all the cancel culture that I was ranting on about earlier, um, it, it really does give you a lot to think about. And I don't know, obviously no one knows what the future holds, but if you just took the last month's worth of news articles you'd probably think that the world's fucking coming to an end, right? Uh, I, I would like to say in the greater purview of history, we've endured a lot worse. And I'd like to bring up this uh, book that was recommended to me. It's it's called Say Nothing, and it's, it's written uh, about a family that uh, lived through... Uh, it, well, yeah, they lived through the Brits... Um, controlling Ireland and, and the one family living in, in Belfast. And the thing that I thought was very ironic was these IRA members were getting American Armalite machine guns and and they, they said it as like a, um, a positive thing, but they brought it over on like a, a British royalty cruise ship because all of their blue-collar workers, all of their servants were all like, Irish community, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about the difference between uh, Jewish immigrants and Irish immigrants, even in America, because a lot of the ostracized Jewish community, whenever uh, they have to evacuate a place where they are being um, harshly treated, a lot of them are artisans, and, and they have, like, specialties and a lot of the Irish poor blue-collar people were never afforded that opportunity, right? Like, they're not the uh, luxury item craftsmen of anything. They're the ones that built your railroad manifest destiny going from New York to California. So these blue-collar men and women, it's like the typists and receptionists are the ones that get so sick of this fucking shit, they... Um, uh, are the ones that are uh, driving or getting cars all the way over to uh, London and, and blowing up car bombs. So I don't know if like listening to that book put me in this uh, frame of mind, but if things keep going, 
the way that they are currently projected to go, then, like, obviously we have a front row seat on our way to hell because, like, there's only so much disgruntlement that people can tolerate. And I hope that HR1 and SR1 is a, is a good token of faith for the disgruntlement of all of us peasants out here that work for a living. Um, but the truth is we've sent our men, men and women off to, to die in these foreign wars. And ever since Vietnam or even Korea, they haven't panned out much for the, for the commoner other than just getting the luxury of dying for their country. And a lot of these people are looking around and they're saying like, well, what did I fight for? And I think Joe Rogan even had that quote where it's like, there's, there's millions of veterans in this country and they're the silent majority and like, what are you going to do? And, but then a guy like me who's curious, I get on uh, the Fed's website and I look up who they have as extremist organizations and they have people like the Oath Keepers listed as an extremist organization, someone on their terrorist watch list. And uh, it makes me chuckle because I don't know anything about the Oath Keepers. I don't, I don't even, I don't, I don't know. I fucking looked at Wikipedia, which probably put me on a watch list. But uh, apparently the Oath Keepers are retired or former military and police officers who swore an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies and domestic and they're upset with the way things are going. But these are the guys that are terrorists currently uh, on the watch list. So it, it just makes you really curious. It makes you really wonder that um, is there going to be another John Hancock moment in this country where you're going to have to risk your life and limb to support the core ideals? Or are we going to be able to settle it peacefully? Because going back to the book of um, say nothing, my take on that book is you had the policy side on the left and you had the IRA angry side, the violent side on the right, and without the two, no change would have ever occurred because the policy alone didn't work. And they say all the time that military action is the failed arm of public policy. Whenever everything else fails, you just bomb them. So... In the nuclear age, where mutual destruction is a button push away, like all you're left with are these guerrilla warfare tactics, and you could look no further than the British ruling the free country of Ireland for all those years. I mean, the book goes from like the 50s all the way up to the current, you know, 2013, 2014. They're still looking for bodies of people that were killed. And um, it's like, holy shit, like, the truth is often stranger than fiction, and most Americans, they have no concept of that other than maybe their grandfather going off to war in World War II and uh, spitting on soldiers when they came home from Vietnam. And then most people feeling patriotic for 9-11 and then a few short years later saying, why the fuck are we in the Middle East? And uh, I guess I said all, all of that to say this. So so we know going back to that stage with Roosevelt Stalin and Churchill that the world was carved up into little territories of who owned what and that all manifested because the Cold War started that day, right? Like 
the vying for more power started the day that they, they sat on that stage. So we know that the end of the Cold War, air quotes, because I don't think it's actually ever ended, but the Cold War ended in 1989 with the fall of the Berlin Wall, which, again, we were just talking about World War II. Um, but Putin was, like, there, right? He's self-proclaimed KGB, and he... Uh, there's several news articles, one's from BBC that, I, that I've saved. He stood on the steps of his building, and he was outnumbered by all these rioters, people that uh, came over uh, across the wall when it fell. And this is like in the aftermath of, of the Cold War ending. And uh, the famous quote is, Russia is silent, because he was calling his superiors and no one would answer. So Putin, in his brazenness, told the angry crowd, you outnumber us, but we will shoot all of you with our machine guns until we don't have any bullets left. And the, and the crowd left him alone. So this is the man who has been in office as long as the last five presidents of the United States. And I think that's a concept that a lot of Americans can't conceive because every four years we got a new jackass. Um, but this guy, the Cold War couldn't possibly be over for because he has fought his way up tooth and nail all the way up from, from the bottom, right? Started from the bottom, now we're here. Like, he is... He's not like uh, the emperor from fucking Star Wars. Like, I'm not painting him out to be the villain. He's the commander of his country. But I think placing yourself in someone else's shoes and looking at it from their perspective is the only way to, like, fully conceive the scenario that we're in. So Biden and Putin conclude in a summit, right, is the, is the headline. Um this news article starts off by saying that there was some, like, awkwardness. They didn't look each other in the eye. And then, finally, they, like, exchanged some diplomats. They said they could go back to the, uh, whatever. That's not really important. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, they're, they're trying to uh, middle over. Um, they're trying to, like, pave, pave the way for the future, right? So, and then... Uh, Quote, Putin noted that Biden raised human rights issues with him, including the fate of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. Putin defended Navalny's prison sentence and deflected repeated questions about mistreatment of Russian opposition leaders by highlighting the U.S. domestic turmoil, including the Black Lives Matter protests and the January 6th Capitol insurrection. So, whenever I brought up Eisenhower and Little Rock, Arkansas, with desegregating schools, here we are in 2021 with two world leaders and the triad of power that dictates the globe. And the our domestic issues are the talk of the town. Like COVID affected all of us, but also things like Black Lives Matters movement, which I've which I've discussed on previous podcasts about whether or not you know the jury's still out on whether or not that's going to end like favorably for humankind or if it's going to uh, destroy precedent and case law um, 
now like when the two <laughs> when the two big dogs finally get in the room together that's what they're discussing and I, I, I swear I will wrap these incoherent ramblings up but there's two books I've got to recommend Superpower Three Choices for America's Role in the World by Ian Brimmer and then The Limits of Power An End to American Exceptionalism by Andrew Basovic and uh, I'm going to read you one little quote from Superpower so there's a lot of conspiracy theorists that keep saying like New World Order, New World Order, and, and that's what they see a lot of the counterculture being, and, and that's what they see a lot of like the COVID passports and stuff being. Well, um, when you look up New World Order and where it comes from, I thought that this was very pertinent to the, the Biden and, and Putin conversation. So, quote, ironically, the first use of these words to describe post-Cold War possibilities with Soviet leader uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, who told UN General Assembly during a speech in December 1988 that further world progress is now possible only through the search for a consensus of all mankind and movement toward a new world order. He added that the idea of democratizing the entire world order would become a powerful socio-political force. Gorbachev's bold vision of disarmament and cooperation created pressure on newly elected President George H.W. Bush to respond, and Bush answered in the lead-up to the Gulf War with a speech before a joint session of Congress on September 11, 1990. So, mark the date. How ironic. Quote, out of these troubled times, a new world order can emerge. A hundred generations have searched for this elusive path to peace. While a thousand wars raged across the span of human endeavor, and today, that new world order is struggling to be born. A world quite different from the one we've known. A world where the rule of law supplants the rule of the jungle. A world in which nations recognize the shared responsibility for freedom and justice. End quote. So, oh man, it, it is just so difficult that these key dates and key events keep echoing for an eternity from civil rights issues in the United States to um, 1990, 91, uh, the Gulf War, and then the War on Terror, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom. Uh, now, to you know the bubonic plague that is COVID. You know you had SARS and swan flu and fucking mad cow and all this shit. And um, I'm not saying this to provoke. Violence. I'm just saying, if the past is prologue, in so ever, <laughs> in the any way, in any way whatsoever, that we can conceive the future of mankind, um, hopefully, we can solve the the next dilemmas that come with policy. But how can you change it with policy when they've been corrupted so absolutely? And how can you? allow policy to be your guiding savior, your northern light, 
when even the fundamental inalienable truths of the Constitution are being infringed upon, like the privacy of my intellectual property within my fucking cell phone that I paid for. And that's where I'm going to end that one. Praise be to thee, a goddamn heathen.